Today I speak with Katie Walton, teacher from Cambridgeshire and author of The Mindset Melting Pot. She lets us know just how the way we think could have an effect on our learning and our entire lives. The basis of it, which is either that your brain can be developed um, and you can grow your intelligence. Which is the growth the mindset. Growth mindset. Yeah. But on the other side of things, that if you don't believe that your brain can be developed and it's static, um, that is a fixed mindset and it actually leads to a whole host of very damaging behaviours. Okay, here we are then this morning in this wonderfully chic venue. What do you think of yeah, it? Yeah, very Katie? shabby chic. Shabby chic? Yeah, shabby chic. Are you talking about this? <laughs> yeah, the, so, the worn leather look, it's nice. Here's the thing, I want to, I want to dig in deep to your past yep. and start really with your education and, and in fact, once you riff around your own, what you did, would you better let us know if there's anything in there that was notable in forming you mm -hmm. as a human being as you are today? Mm. I was quite a perfectionist about things and I think that probably held me back in some respects because I wanted everything to be done just right. Um, and I also remember, um, you know, you're setted for, for different subjects and I remember being setted for maths and all my friends were in set one or set two, I was in set three. It wasn't a bad thing at all, but you don't see it like that when you're a child and it does impact um, on your confidence and how good you think you are at things and maybe does stop you from doing things if you don't think you're as good as other people. Right, and you said about the <coughs> perfectionism. Hmm. So where do you think, at such a young age, where do you think that came from? Um, well, both my parents are teachers. Um, both have, you know, achieved quite a lot. Um, and my mum was into, or is into drama, um, and had a lot of kind of performance things that she was very successful in what she did. My dad um, is into maths and science and ICT and um, very good at what he does. And I think probably without realising it, that set a benchmark for me and there's nothing wrong with that at all because it's a, a good benchmark mm. to have. But I wanted to probably meet up to those um, kind of benchmarks myself. Um, and I think maybe that's where it came from. In everything, you know, it's like yeah. I want to, I want to make it in everything I do, which clearly, clearly, probably isn't possible. No, exactly. <laughs> right. yeah. yeah, and I mean yeah. the the mindset stuff um, is all about making mistakes, and and there will be failures. Um, but actually, at the time when you're young and you don't, you haven't been through those mistakes and things as an adult, and can reflect on actually that those are good things because they always lead to something else in terms of your learning. You don't have that realisation as a child. And so actually, if you fail at something, or if you make a mistake at something and you think everybody's looking at you, it can be quite a traumatic experience. Mm. Um, and if you don't want to go through those traumatic experiences, then you're not going to delve into the kinds of um, places that would take you to those mistakes. Yeah, that's, that's a great transition there, Katie. Mm. Into the book. Yes. So you wrote a book. I did write a book, And I don't yes. care who you are. <laughs> writing a book is, just seems like a big deal. <laughs> well, I've always wanted... I, I've always had a fascination with children's picture books. Um, I see the value that picture books particularly can have because you've got to say quite a lot, but in very few words. Um, it is a vehicle. They are vehicles into different worlds, different ideas, different themes. Um, and... I wouldn't say that I am 
uh, an artist in any way. I did photography when I was at secondary school. I was just about to say that. So you said that when 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 we were talking about the book earlier, and you said, "Oh, I don't really do much." But funnily enough, we've got a copy. <laughs> yeah. Just um, happened to have it. Yeah, and uh, anybody that was, to, if, if, I'm sure anybody that look at this would go, "What are you talking about?" Because this is, and you 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 animated all of this. Mm. I went, uh, having written the story, because I wrote the story, and that's what I was going to say earlier, that I I knew about the mindset stuff, um, and I wanted to work with it with children, but there was nothing out there right. in terms of stuff to, to deliver to kids. So I wrote the story, I can't do this, and the idea is that this character, Fortitude, um, finds the word yet. It's, that's his little adventure. So it's not, I can't do this, it's I can't do this yet. So he's on this learning curve, um, which is what I think a lot of children don't necessarily understand, that they need to work in order to achieve things, and actually maybe they're not going to achieve it the first time round, and it will take a bit of work, and like we were talking about earlier, a few mistakes along the way. Mm. But... Um, the negative feelings that they will feel when they are stuck and they can't do something. I think a lot of children turn off at that point and think, well, obviously that's not for me or I'm stupid. Um, if they can get it much quicker, then it's obviously something that they can do, but it's not for me. And so it's that that I think we've got to get to with kids that, you know, when we're learning something new, people do struggle and you experience these feelings that maybe seem negative but it's embracing that negativity, embracing that, that challenge um, and seeing it as a good thing to work with, not something that actually we want to get rid of. Um, so going back to this, I wrote this story, which I, you know, it was written on Word, A4 document. I read it to children. It wasn't in a book format at all. And they responded to it and it opened up a discussion about who this character was and, you know, whether it was a good thing that he'd found this word, yes, and what did it mean. So it started to open up that discussion, which is what I wanted it to do. Um, and then I got two kids to illustrate the book. Um, and the mother of one of these children had started a charity for children that had lost limbs because um, her daughter had been involved in a car accident where she'd um, lost one of her limbs. So she started this charity, saw the book as it was illustrated by these kids and said, the messages that are coming through in this, which are don't give up, keep trying at things, that kind of idea, um, she said it's so relevant to the children that we're trying to help that we're giving them these new limbs and they've suddenly got this new life. So she asked me, had I got any plans for the books? And if not, could we possibly do something for the charity? So that part of the money would go to the school that I was working at and part of the money that, um, would go to the charity. And, and so we'd sell these books. So I said, yeah, no, that's fine. Um, now, the other side of it was Joanna Lumley was related to this family, and so she was patron of the charity, and she came to this art event, as it was, um, and we had it in this barn. It's just fantastic, and um, all of these children were sat down around Joanna Lumley, and she read my book, and I was... I was, you know, it was if just it's ever amazing. A to read your book. Yeah, absolutely. Voice. Well, yeah. She, exactly. Yeah. And she is somebody that I, you know, have, have looked up to and thought, wow, she's amazing. So, yeah. and actually meeting the her. the days with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, actually, it's just after the Abbad <laughs> days. So, she, but she just didn't disappoint. She was just lovely. Um, and she was so enthusiastic about what I'd done and was wanting me, you know, she said, you should pursue this. But the other element to that day that changed me was that I started to see parents at this 
um, function who were picking up the book and obviously they'd, they'd listen to it and I started to feel something, there's something here and this is something that people are starting to talk about. And I think I said to you earlier that I don't think the ideas are rocket science, but it's in a framework um, that is you can kind of start to work with. Um, but it also is put in a way such that you can start to think why the, the basis of it, which is either that your brain can be developed um, and you can grow your intelligence. Which is the growth the mindset. Growth mindset. Yeah, yeah. But on the other side of things, that if you don't believe that your brain can be developed and it's static, um, that is a fixed mindset. And it actually leads to a whole host of very damaging behaviours and things that you say as well, your language. Um, and I hadn't considered that particularly deeply. And I read the book. I was actually, I read it on holiday, so sitting on the beach. But it wasn't until afterwards that there were moments that were happening to me where I'd think something and I'd think, oh, that was a bit fixed mindset. And I thought, and there was much more of that happening than I ever would have dreamed possible. And I started thinking about my past and things that I had and hadn't done and thinking, why was that? And it started to make a real impact on me and it started to change my behaviour. So actually, the actual production of this book um, has come from me developing my own growth mindset and, and grasping life with both hands and thinking no I'm going to take a few risks it might not work out um, but who knows I don't know where this might take me and it's an exciting journey. Right. Well it's interesting because one of the things that I picked up on when researching you yeah. was what you said about Carol Dweck's original book Mindset yep. and uh, because I, I had the same feelings we're not, we're not bashing Carol Dweck by saying this because <laughs> she's got a lot to do. Yeah, she, but, yeah, she yeah. has, and, and she's very good at what she does. She's very so. good at what she does, but and, and I guess it is a very individualistic thing, mm. and the circumstance has to be cultivated in in, in whichever way is appropriate for that situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is probably why she doesn't give the answers. Yes, right. Yeah, but I remember reading it and thinking that's really great. What do I do? Yes, and, and you said that you said the same thing. So it's like we got this growth mindset, which it allows us to uh, f believe that we can train ourselves. Well, it's like grow, it's, it's right. cognitive psychology, really, right, right. Um, because your beliefs can mould the way that you behave. Um, and I think that's another interest that I have in it is that um, I did psychology originally as my first degree, part of my first degree. Right. Um, so I've always had an interest in psychology, um, and obviously doing the teaching that has come at it at a different angle because of working with children and seeing children that don't always have that that belief that they can change things and they can grow things and if they're at that point where they don't think they can and they're a stuck moment what's the point why would they bother trying um, and I think that's something fundamental that we can change as adults um, in schools or in teaching or in wherever it doesn't just have to be schools um, so what kind of things have you done in yeah. order to, so we started with, you said you started with the psychology, you love all that, and then you went into the teaching world, and mm. I guess the transition was, I know all this stuff, but how do I get it into their minds, and yeah. so how do you, how yeah. do you, if there's anybody out there watching and you know, listening and thinking, this is great, but <laughs> what do I do? Well, um, this sounds like a complete plug for the new book, but there away. is a lot of stuff, um, and I realised that through having worked with um, the mindset stuff and you know the, the book being the first part of my journey, I then developed a whole 
host of different activities, um, kind of ways of discussing things with children, uh, ways of keeping a culture within a classroom. So I've written a book which is about to be published called The Mindset Melting Pot and I wanted it very much to be something that you, because as a teacher I know what I find useful, a book that you can pick up and you don't have to read it cover to cover but you can just kind of snatch ideas. Um, and so I've tried to make it that you could read it cover to cover if you wanted to. So it kind of follows my journey a little bit. But also um, you can go in and you can snatch ideas. Um, but I think it's really important to start things at the beginning of the year. And I think you need two or three weeks in a classroom at the beginning of the year when you're setting your expectations um, to set that kind of tone and learn about mindset and what all the different points of it are. Because I think it may be a case of finding out where a seed is and then kind of every year progressing so giving them a little bit more it's a real long-term thing yeah absolutely you know, so you start with that the foundation of this is the culture we want to have here yes and then spreading some activities in amongst us what would be one one activity that you might well in key stage two because i think a big part of this is about language and getting everybody's talking in the same way so that you're all singing off the same hymn sheet going back to your vocal stuff yeah, <laughs> yeah i did that I like um and yeah so we had um it started off for me it started off as a target board so in the center of the target board that's your comfort zone so that's the things that you know um and you're comfortable with doing the next layer out on the target board um, is your learning zone so it's where you progress to so that's the place where you start to feel oh, a bit shaky a bit negative feelings not sure if i can do this uh, i might need some help here um, and then on the outer zone the outer layer of the target is that's your frustration zone but that's what we started calling it because that's where you start feeling really sort of frustrated if things are really tough but um it was felt that maybe that was a little bit negative so it was changed to the breakthrough zone so maybe those are the toughest challenges and maybe you need to step back into your learning zone before you can start to to kind of push out to that bit so maybe you need to consolidate your learning a bit more and so that then developed into the idea of a fried egg and so in all the key stage two classrooms at the school I'm working at the moment, we've got a fried egg on the classroom walls. Um, and on the, in the foyer, as you walk in, you are greeted with this beautiful padded material um, fried egg. And the idea is, just like I've said to you about the target board, we've just transferred the ideas into a bit of a metaphor for the kids, um, that your, uh, your comfort zone is your yummy yolk. So that's where you start off. Um, that's the things that you know. Um, your learning zone is the white, which is a bit wobbly when you're cooking it, so it needs a bit of consolidation, a bit of firming up. Um, and then your frazzled crispy edge is the bit that's oh, all these are I really was, tough I challenges. It's going to be the, the, the molten hot oil on the outside <laughs> that will, will fry you if you, if you attempt yeah, it. Yeah, well, we, I give the wrong message. We do feel a bit like that in the uh, in the classroom. We often come in and say, "Oh, it's definitely at my crisp, crispy frazzled edge today." Ah, right. So. Um, Great. It's just nice because it is a way that people can talk. So like I've just said to you, the adults yes. can talk to each other yes. like it. But when you're in a classroom situation, um, I remember teaching, for instance, um, a maths lesson. And I had a child who came to me at the end of the lesson and she had tears in her eyes. Well, I just, I can't get this. I just don't get it. And I happened to be standing right next to this um, target board as it was at that point. And I just looked at her, and because she knew 
how this target board worked. I just looked and I, I pointed at the, the fact that she was in the learning zone and she just looked at it and you could just kind of see going through her head, this is something that's not in my comfort zone, therefore it's my learning zone, it's actually a good place to be, but I'm finding this hard, that's why I'm feeling like this. And I didn't have to actually say anything, I just pointed at the board and because she understood it, she knew. And she's like, okay. Yeah, like you say, maybe such a, when you, when you talk about it like that and the fact it was done, it seems like such a straightforward thing to do. Exactly. But something that actually isn't probably being done enough yeah. And you know that was my that was my background with all of this. You you asked earlier on where it all came from, and I think it's from working in schools mm. as well as you know one to one. A lot of teaching can be very kind of linear, like one way. Yeah. One way. Have this information <laughs> and take it away. And but the guidance you said about the language and mm. guiding their own passion for learning and also almost managing their learning, I think is. Well, that that was another thing that I was going to come on to is that particularly where I am at the minute in year six, we are obviously seeing children into secondary school. And there's got to be, at that point, there has to be some transition into the fact that I'm going into a more grown-up world here. I've got to start taking responsibility for myself. I've got to start taking responsibility for my learning because at primary school, you know, they're very much nurtured. And I think that's part of the, the scary bit of moving into secondary school is that you're suddenly moving from, you know, somewhere where everybody has completely nurtured you and knows you and you're going into this place. And that's how I was feeling when I went to secondary school, small fish in a big pond. Mm. Um, and you can start to feel very lost. Um, and if you're not particularly confident in particular areas of your learning um, and you have got turned off, there is no no reason for you carrying on as as far as you can see at that point mm. because it's making you feel negative. But you've got to be able to have that resilience to turn things around for yourself and understand why learning is so important and actually how it can really change your life and be so satisfying because I think actually the other part about mindset, it tackles um, self-confidence and self-esteem. And I think sure. if you can get children to really love learning because that's really what we're trying to do and want the challenges and want to move themselves forward that starts to boost their self-esteem because they're suddenly interested in things and it gives life a bit more meaning for yes. some of them maybe so which i guess just aside from that is the achievement you know any self-confidence yeah. or efficacy increases when uh, we achieve things and yeah. so i guess moving the goalposts a bit in terms of what is an achievement yeah. It's part of this as well, isn't it? Mm -hmm. And, and uh, you don't need to get an A star in order to have achieved. But no, exactly. And children are taking SATs at the age of seven, I think it is, in year two. Um, so they're taking these tests very, very early on. And if we don't intervene um, with messages of, you know, it doesn't matter um, if you don't get an A or whatever, you know, top scores, it doesn't matter because this is where you are now. It's not defining you, it's not saying where you're going to be in the future um, and it will actually give us information as to what things you need to do to move on in your learning. Um, so it's, it's a stepping stone if you like, but so many children I think and a lot of parents that feed this message as well, that actually the top grade is the most important thing and if they don't get the top grade well where do you go from there what does it mean does it mean that i'm stupid then and i i can't do it um, not. so i think <laughs> yeah. i think parents have got um you know need to be educated in all of this kind of stuff as well yes um, so for me this might be tricky but it might be similar to the answers you just gave me mm -hmm. i 
the singing world, I think it's very prominent in the singing world, this mindset of, I want to sing like Beyonce. I want to do it now. Yes. And if I, and but we're growing up in that culture, aren't we? Right. Yeah. Uh, which is, and it's great to aspire to these people, and that mm. is, it's, it's a great motivator, but I, I feel that the biggest problem with that comes the, the, the fixed mindset, mm. which is, if I can't do it now, yeah. then I'll give it two, two cracks, I'll sing through the song twice, and yeah. if I can't, then nah, mm. I might just go and sing some Adele. Mm. No offence. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying anything. But the point is, uh, what, how do we change that? I mean, it's a culture thing. It's, I mean, I'm faced with it when I go into schools, and mm. it's, okay, so where do we start with you? You want to sing this song, which potentially you're not going to enjoy it if you sing this song at the moment. Mm. How, do we, how do we reframe these, these children into wanting to take control of learning to do it? Well... From my opinion, I think it's that you've got to start changing things much earlier on. Um, so I've, what I've been doing has been developing things in key stage two, so going from the age of seven to 11, um, which is a good sort of transition point to try and get these ideas across. And then they move on into secondary school and they've got this foundation. Um, and so that's what I think the attitude for anything, not just singing, the attitude has got to be there that actually I'm going to work at something and have a go and try at this, not just give up at the first hurdle. And that, I think, is what you've got to get in, in, in set sort of early on. I love it, and I love the fact that it's, I'm feeling your energy and that you're starting a revolution. And, uh, <laughs> oh, I hope so. With, with Carol. Um, yeah, me and Carol. Uh, the point is, it, it seems like it does need to be a more global culture change. Yeah essentially and actually like i think i said to you earlier that it's not rocket science but it's it's proven now because you know dweck has done t over 20 years worth of research god bless her um mm. and found the results of things like we've, we haven't even talked about praise and how parents and teachers coaches praise children so not praising them um for their intelligence so you clever girl that kind of stuff which actually historically we've had it kind of ingrained in us that actually to build children's confidence we need to praise and make them feel good about themselves and yes we do but if it's empty praise and it's not reflecting any of these ideas about putting in effort and making mistakes so not saying if, if you're just saying oh wow that's really really pretty or it's really good or you're really clever or smart whatever it is you're not giving it's empty praise because it's not giving them any information about what it is that they've done well um next time they get they don't get an a star they mm -hmm. failed yeah right exactly so they're going to stay in their comfort zone not going to challenge themselves because why would they do that if they're mm. not going to get praise for making mistakes um so yeah we do need to reflect the effort um and the fact that they found things difficult and persevered brilliant I think that's really kind of covered most of the topics we want to talk about today, apart yeah. from you. Yeah. I just always like to finish up with this a little bit. It might seem a bit random, but the reason why I like this is because it's good to see themes. I actually borrowed it from a podcast that I listened to. Mm. Um, and I like it because within our little world of people that want to change the world, um, are there themes in the way we think? And so for that reason, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. I'm going to say words, I'm going to shout words in your face. Yeah. And if you can respond with a word, a person or a thing mm -hmm. that comes straight into your mind when I say that word, mm. that'd be ace. Mm -hmm. So the first word I'm going to say to you is money. Money. I'm not, I'm not driven by money. <laughs> Maybe I should be, but I'm not driven by money. 
which is probably why I'm in the job that I am. Yeah. <laughs> um, money gets you to where you want to be sometimes. That is the value of money, but it's not the be all and end all. Perfect answer. What comes to mind when you hear the word successful? Um, I'm going to talk to you about Ken Robinson. So Ken Robinson, who we mentioned earlier, mm. who is inspirational. And if you've not heard of him, then um, you need to Google him because he's a very interesting man. Um, but he has written a book called The Element, and it's about finding your passion and how you know so much comes with that. Like we've just been talking about with kids, your confidence, self-belief, self-esteem, happiness. Um, so I think if you're truly successful, it's about being able to find your passion. Mm. And like you say, I mean, I've, I've read some of Ken's stuff and watched the videos. There's, mm. a, there's a great yeah, amazing stuff. Said. Yeah, and um, yeah, he's, in, he's he seems inspirational from what I've seen so far. So I'm very conscious of your time, and it's been amazing. So thank you for coming down and. And chatting today. No, I've really enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed the, the yeah, absolutely. Cheers. And hopefully we'll uh, we'll see your book out yes. in the. Is that what's next? Is it? Is yes, the... it's called the Mindset Mounting Pot, and it's about how to uh, create a growth mindset culture in the classroom. So we look out for that book on yes. Amazon. Yeah, it will be on Amazon and also on my own website, which is growthmindset.org. Lovely and um, if, if people want to contact me, they can contact me through that website. And there's a, a face, Growth Mindset Facebook page as well connected to that. Okay, so we'll look out for you yeah. on the net. Yeah. Well, thank you, Katie. Thank you. Stay tuned for more educational research videos coming right up. But if you want to join me on this journey, please subscribe to my YouTube channel or like my Facebook page and or find me on Twitter. All of these you can find by sticking Steve Giles UK into the search box. Next time, I speak to Natalie Andreu, who is currently playing Alphaba in the West End hit musical, Wicked. She has some serious insight into what will truly earn any aspiring performer their dream role. You might really want to do a degree, but when you go for that audition, they're not going to be asking you any of that. You know, it's going to be based on talent alone.